what an honor it is to have as our guest this morning on the Lou Rockwell Show, Mr. Gerald Salenti. Gerald is, is <laughs> I mean, he really is an extraordinary guy, just uh, unbelievable. For 40 years, he's been correctly uh, prognosticating the trends of the economy and uh, of society. And just, uh, he's, uh, Gerald, have you ever been wrong is what I'd like to know. I, I don't, not to my knowledge. Well, yes, and, actually. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> He's just tremendous, and he's going to talk to us today about what's going on with the economy, what's going on with this, the pandemic, as some people call it, what's going on with the greater, the greater, probably the greatest depression ever to happen, and what's happening to the world, the global economy. Gerald, um, what the heck is going on, and why are they doing it, is what I'd like to know. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I, I deeply admire all you do, all you've done and the great message and your spirit and all of those that work with you. So thanks so much for having me on. It's the path of freedom that that you're on and that you bring other people on. So thank you. The We're, we're into the great... Why, why are they doing it? Go back to our Trends Journal, and it was the... It's a weekly now. The January 28th issue, the cover read, Coronavirus... 106 dead in China, and our line under that was 1.4 billion still alive. Why is anybody telling me 106 people died in a country where 1.5 million die each year of air pollution and all the other problems they have? The media started promoting this. We have the quotes in the journal about Jeff Zucker, the CEO of uh, the guy running CNN, the Cartoon News Network, and telling his staff to, even though they were covering the coronavirus thing week after week, to stay on it because more people were tuning in. The mainstream media's news programs and the cable news programs were in the tank. They'd make a big deal out of it if, if two million people were watching. You know, the biggest shows, mm -hmm. two million out of a country of 330 million. So they were down. They were down into the hundred, low hundreds of thousands. The uh, CNN and a number of their shows. So the media promoted this, and the politicians took advantage of it. The politicians, they're power-hungry freaks. Again, the word politics. You know, <laughs> they're bloodsuckers, and they can't get enough of it. So that's what happened. And then you have these little boys, like we have over here in New York, Andrew Cuomo. Another boy born on third base and thought he had a home run. He'd be nowhere if daddy wasn't Mario, just like his brother uh, Chris on CNN. Nobody's that or somebody because, you know, it's all one club, as George Carlin used to say, and we're not in it. So that's why they took advantage of it. And when you go back, Lou, and you look at what was going on around the world, they pressured. I remember reading it, you know, like in the Financial Times. They pressured the the the, the uh, prime minister, president, whoever it is in Norway, the woman to, to put the lockdown. And it, it wasn't happening at first. Then the pressure kept hitting, the pressure kept hitting. So it's just what it all has done. It is, it's a, we called in one of our trends journal, coronavirus 9-11, spreading fear and terror. And that's what they've done. Just like 9-11 after that, they robbed us of so many of our constitutional and Bill of Rights. They've done it again, doubled up on it. 
Gerald, it's, it's, it's quite something. For, for, for one thing, it's extraordinary to me that they would use the word lockdown, which is a prison term, to say what they're doing to the civilian population of the world. And um, it shows exactly what they think of where, where they would like us to be prisoners, uh, whether our, we're in our homes or, uh, or elsewhere. And um, they, hate, they hate Sweden because they haven't engaged in the total lockdown. They hate the, the American states that haven't done so. And, and, of course, there are many deaths that are taking place because people are being locked to their homes and also because they're afraid to go to the hospital. They're afraid of, first of all, they don't want anybody but a corona patient, but uh, they're afraid just to go, period. So a lot of people are dying, not of coronavirus, and um, certainly their tax, the governments, all the governments of the world's tax income is going to be way down. I guess they think they're just going to print up all the money and that'll take care of them. Is that is that what they're thinking, Gerald? Well, that's what they're doing. I mean, look at the equity markets going up. Again, this is socialism for the rich and capitalism for the rest of us. I mean, the Federal Reserve buying junk bonds. How overt can it be? You're giving money to hedge funds, dumping trillions and trillions of dollars into the repo markets so that they can gamble easily. Mm-hmm. And what you also said, Lou, is how they take a shot at Sweden. And here's, this is an example of what they do. This is the headline from Sunday's April 26, New York Times. Again, I call they call themselves the paper of record. I call it the toilet paper of record. <laughs> this is the headline. An autocrat sets his nation apart by imposing no restrictions at all. This is journalism. This is propaganda. They're talking about Belarus. Now, this is a country uh, off the top of my head. I think it's almost like 10 million people. Mm-hmm. It's wide open. They never closed it down. Never closed their, have, their churches in particular. All their churches have been open for Easter services and everything else. Right. When they wrote this article, the grand total of 63 people died. And they write it in such terrible language so that you can hate Belarus. And they've done the same thing with other countries. And the ones that they like, they hardly report on. For example, Japan. No lockdown in Japan. They got a population of about 120 million people plus. They got about 400 deaths. I mean, those are no numbers at all. The United States, where over 50. This is how disgusting they are. You had the headline of CNN: U.S. Corona cases surpass one million, and the death toll is greater. You ready for this? Then U.S. losses in Vietnam War. How disgusting. Oh, oh, how many people did the United States murder in Vietnam? I think only what, three million poisoned a joint with Agent Orange. Oh, oh and how many soldiers died? Oh, 58,000. Oh, oh, and the wounded? Oh, about 250,000. Oh, and the lives that have been destroyed because of the poor young guys that, you know, suffer <laughs> mentally mm-hmm. from what they did over there. And knowing how unjust it is, and these low lives do that, compare it to the Vietnam War. Now, let's go over the facts. And that's what the Trends Journal is. We're, 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 we're just about truth. That's our, that's our motto. It's that, uh, you know, we're, that's all we want to do is put down the facts. And here are the facts. A study just came out. They're showing that between a quarter to 50% of the people 
that have died so far were elderly from nursing homes. Mm -hmm. We had a story in the, the journal that just went out yesterday. In Belgium, over 50% of the people were elderly from nursing homes, and they then reported that they only tested 4% of them. And it's the same thing happening in the United States. The Centers of Disease Control and Prevention put a clause in there. You don't have to test them if you suspect that the market that they died like that. The other people that are dying are the obese, people on diabetics, people suffering from lung disease, respiratory ailments, heart disease. The healthy are not dying. So if you're going to quarantine people, why not quarantine them? Instead of shutting down the entire global economy, what has happened now is unprecedented in world history. Yes. Never happened. Never. There's not going to be any recovery from this. It was going down before this. The last quarter GDP in Europe, 2019, was the grand total of 0.1%. Germany was going into a recession. Mm-hmm. Car sales around the world were plummeting. In, in India, they laid off over a million workers in the, in the car industry. And what people are forgetting, one of our top trends in 2020 was new world disorder. There were protests, riots, demonstrations going on in Chile, in Bolivia, in Peru, in Colombia, in Lebanon, in France, in Hong Kong, in Algeria, in South Africa, all over the world. People were barely making ends meet. They were protesting against lack of living standards, uh, basic living standards, corruption, violence, crime. Hey, they shut all those down, didn't they? Oh, how about India? Oh, India, was it a population of 1.3 billion? They shut down the whole place. What do they have, about 650 dead from the coronavirus? Oh, and the place is so pristine clean over there. You know, I mean, everybody would want to live in India. The living conditions are so great. I think only 1.3 million people died of air pollution there last year and the poverty and all the other things. They closed it down. And you ask me why they're doing this to get more power. They shut down all these demonstrations around the world. And by the way, that's my other thought. The Chinese could not stop the Hong Kong demonstrations. And Hong Kong, as you well know, was the, is the banking capital of Asia. They could not stop it. All of a sudden, as I said, 106 died in, in China. It was big news. It was the Chinese that was spreading the news. And then they put the lockdown on, on Hong wow. Kong, and that was the end of it. Are they, uh, how, how do they expect themselves to be continuing to live in the style to which they've become accustomed after they reopen it, as so-called, and of course nothing happens, that it doesn't create uh, prosperity again, that uh, everybody continues to be much poorer than they had been unless you're a, a connected billionaire. And um, I think and hope there'll be uh, a lot of resentment about it. Well, they're starting to happen, but it's very minimal. You know, most people are buying it. Again, the cover of our Trends Journal just went out. Uh, it, the words were, um, it was about being dumb. It was that, how dumb are you to believe Bush's wars? How dumb are you to believe the COVID wars? That's how dumb the people are. People were so dumb that they believed another guy born on third base and thought he had a home run, George W. Bush. How could anybody with a half a brain looking at that character, and our great artist Anthony Frieda made him look like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine, how could you, the people were so dumb 
to believe him taking us to the longest war in American history, robbing us of all our rights from the from the nine eleven, giving the president presidente of Los Estados Unidos all these these other rights, taking them away from us. It's the same people. His ratings went up. Bush's ratings went up. They were around 50% before 9-11. They were sinking very quickly. The country was in a recession. After 9-11, and when we went into Afghanistan, they rose to 90%. No, I always figured that that was a great holiday for the government, that they secretly celebrated among themselves anyway. 9-11 was one of the great things to ever happen to them. Yep. And this is number two. Look at the power that they have robbed from the people. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Yeah, it's torn up. <laughs> they don't count for yeah. anything. I'm the, I'm the governor. I'm the mayor. I'll tell you what to do. And again, they don't care. You know why they don't care? Because they get a thing called tax money. They don't have to work. They get our money no matter what. So that people are losing their businesses. They're going bankrupt. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgages. They can't pay their bills. They don't care. These are psychopaths. They're sociopaths. They're pathological mm-hmm. liars. It's true. They're, they're, a, uh, they're the worst aspect of the human race in power over us. Yes. Gerald, is, what, is, there, is there anything people can do to protect themselves? Well, uh, Own gold, for example. Well, you know me. I, I mean, we had in our trend alert on June 6, 2019, gold was at $1,332 an ounce. And we said it was the beginning of the gold bull run. And this is long before this happened. And now, you know, gold's over $1,700. You were talking about all the cheap money that they're pumping in. This is unprecedented in, in, in history. Mm-hmm. And it's all over the world. So that it, 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 this is digital dollars backed by nothing and printed on nothing. And there's going to become a, there's going to become a point where we're going to see, you know, a, a dra- dramatic decline in all the currencies. So I I believe here's my forecast: when gold when gold prices stabilize over one thousand seven hundred and forty dollars an ounce, they're going to spike way beyond two thousand dollars an ounce, two thousand and above. And from there, it's anybody's guess. And the other important thing is to look at again our oil prices. We saw last week, you know, they went into negative territory <laughs> on the futures market. I mean, this is unprecedented in history. And, 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 and they're, they're almost at full capacity in storage. They think they have about another 90 days before there's another drop they could put in there. But the important part about that is that a lot of these wells have to keep pumping because they're old. And if they stop pumping oil, they won't be able to restart them again. So they have to keep putting out supply. So I tell people, watch oil prices. Again, they're going to be artificially pumped up, and Trump is pumping them as well, saying that, again, this is, this is an outrage. It's a, it's a total outrage that the federal government is buying, government, buying corporate bonds, junk bonds, and giving money to, to public corporations, gamblers on Wall Street, giving money to hedge funds. Capitalism is dead I get a kick. They said if Bernie Sanders gets elected, of course, I couldn't stand him either <laughs> as a political atheist. How can anybody with a half a brain look at him? But they were saying if he gets elected, we'll be a socialist country. Guess what? We have socialism. It's only for the rich. No, it's true. And, and uh, the stuff that Trump is doing, the amount of money he's spending, uh, the amount of money that's being printed by his Federal Reserve, Never been anything like it in the history of the world. Many, many things are going on right now that 
we could we could uh, give that moniker to. It's extraordinary, given the economic conditions. The only thing they could do is to do what happened in 1921 with that depression, which is do nothing. They they didn't print any money. They didn't uh, bail out the companies that were going bankrupt. They let them go bankrupt, let the assets go into the hands of more capable people. And uh, it took a year. And if you look at it on a chart, it's like a, a very sharp V, down fast, up fast. But, it, of course, Roosevelt and Hoover, which uh, Trump is copying these two guys, uh, did everything wrong. They tried to keep prices high. He's trying to keep the oil price high, for example. And... Um, we were not out of the, the Great Depression until 1946. So how long this one is going to last, Gerald? Uh, I don't know because, of course, it's, the whole world is far more socialist, far more status than it's ever been before. It's, um, it's quite extraordinary. Here's a, first of all, on the debt level, they were making a big deal that we were going to have a trillion dollar debt for a number of years. And now the number is up to almost four trillion a year. I mean, this is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. Number two, by bailing out all the bigs, they're going to be putting out more and more small businesses because they're going to go under. Yes. So the big multinationals are even going to get bigger. Number three is, as I see it, history is repeating itself. You mentioned the 1920s. And then we go into the market crash. And then they had a thing called currency wars. And then they had a thing called a trade war with the, what was that place? Japan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then we went into a, a, the Depression and then World War II. When all else fails, they take you to war. History's repeating itself. Currency wars. Oh, those Chinese, you know, they're lowering the yuan so they could export more product. And those lousy Chinese, which I totally agree, they're lousy in the sense, they're not, in the sense that all our manufacturers and all the sellouts in America and Europe took their manufacturing over there and gave it to a third world country, all the, all the, the technological industrial skill base so they could get their products made there cheaply. But anyway, then they blame it on a trade war brought to you again by, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Clinton primarily bringing China into the World, Health, uh, world, uh, uh, world Trade Organization. So now, they got, we, we, how many years do we hear about, oh, there's this trade war with China, trade war with China. Currency wars, trade wars, greatest depression, World War III. That's what I'm concerned about the most. When all else fails, they take you to war. And this war will be the one when they asked Albert Einstein, what weapons will be used to fight World War III? He said, I don't know. He said, but they'll be using sticks and stones to fight the Fourth World War. Yeah, it's um, uh, there certainly seems to be a concerted attempt to bring about a hatred of China and to uh, have a war against them. I mean, it really uh, it seems like the run up to the war against Iraq. It's quite extraordinary, quite terrible, and of course this is a, this is a, a nuclear power too. So uh, uh, if I don't think we've never had a war <clears throat> against another nuclear power, uh, it could easily, and with Russia involved too could easily evolve into an exchange of these weapons and uh, could bring about, if not the end of the world, certainly the end of, of uh, billions of people and the ends of uh, human civilization. Yep. And that's what we're, that's what we're faced with. I mean, these hypersonic weapons, biological warfare, cyber war, on and on and on. This is a whole new, you know, the, the, I was a keynote speaker at VMI, Virginia Military Institute, back in 2000 and 
2000, yeah, 2000. And matter of fact, I met General Anthony Zinni. He was there as well. He was the number two guy running the uh, first Iraq war. And and they brought me there to talk about new millennium warfare. I'd, I'd written the book Trends 2000. And one of the lines is that generals are always fighting the last war. Mm-hmm. And I think people have no clue what this is going to be. And again, it, when we even look back to World War II, that's not ancient history. And you had the, you had the top cities and countries and civilization at the time being destroyed, bombed into nothing. Mm-hmm. And and don't people get it in their heads? This thing, oh, and if when it does happen, you know what the Americans will do. They'll run and buy toilet paper. <laughs> if it's available. <laughs> that shows you the mentality. You can't make this up if it was a grade B movie. The first thing they did was run out and buy toilet paper. Gerald, I know that you live in Kingston, New York. You were born and brought up in the Bronx, but you moved to Kingston, and you've been very much involved in that city's um, its beautiful old buildings. And, and uh, t- tell me what's happening to Kingston as, a, as an example of maybe what's happening to other places in this country. Well, yes, you mentioned I bought, uh, I bought three of the most historic buildings in America. They're on the four corners where there's only place with pre-Revolutionary War stone buildings. That's where I launched Occupy Peace from. And the reason I bought them is I was looking to leave the country at one time, and it was in Berlin in 2012, and saw the destruction of that place. And it was Berlin was grander than Paris before it was bombed out, and these old new buildings everywhere. And I realized I said I can't run away. I said I'm there's two-bit freaks everywhere, and this is my country. Um, if I was born in Altavilla, Pina, Vico, Quince in Italy, I wouldn't be me. I'm me because I'm born in the Bronx and was born to be free to who I wanted to be, and that's why I bought these buildings. What's going on, this place was booming. Right next to my office, it was a, it was a hotel, Kinsley, K-I-N-S-L-E-Y. They, it was an old bank, the Bank of New York. They redid it into a boutique hotel and a mm-hmm. restaurant. Vogue magazine, went top four places to visit in America. This is back in last August. The streets are dead. There's not a soul on the street. People walk down the streets and they got masks on. It, 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 you, when, when you grow up, there's nobody around you over here. And, oh, and by the way, do the data and the research on wearing masks. And, and, and who's making up? You've got to be six feet away. No, no, listen, if you're in Italy, you only got to be 3.2 feet away. Wait, I mean, in Germany, you have to be four and a half feet away. It, it's dead up here. The place was booming. The life was terrific. The crowds were really, it, the farmer's markets, the vibe was sensational. And now it's dead. It, it, it's dead. You could, you could have a funeral for it. All of New York is dead. They have sucked the life out of the people of the United States. Having a good time. Beauty, love, liberty, and joy, that's not allowed. I am your governor. And you know what I figured out, Lou? This is how easy it was to Heil Hitler, march to Mussolini, and salute Stalin. You can see how the people obey. It's true. Unfortunately, there seem to be many parallels to those, to those events. And uh, certainly, we're, are we any more a free country? Um, is, is this when you have mayors uh, ordering people around in their in their city and being obeyed, which is even worse? They have the police on their side, 
but the people seem to just go along with it. Again, it's global. It's global. I, I was on a show when they were uh, locking down Italy, and, and the person said, you know, I said, this is nothing. I said, look at the data. I said, Italy has more elderly people than anywhere in Europe, and the people that are dying in their, in their 80s, and they're not unhealthy. You know, you're going to die at some point. You know, oh, you don't have any passion. I said, it has nothing to do with it. And even as a number, what, 22,000 died. Okay, 22,000 out of the country is 60 million. Why are you telling me this? These are no numbers. 56 million out of a country in the United States are 330 million. What, what do you, again, go to Census of Disease Control have already said that 61,000 people may have died of the flu already this year. And what is it? Like 480,000 die of smoking-related diseases each year. And on and on. The numbers are tiny. And, but they're making a big deal out of it. And they've robbed, and the people just follow. You know, my father, may rest in peace, used to say to me when I get upset about stuff, he said to me, son, take it easy. Yeah. He said, people have little minds. He was right. I'm so heartbroken. I am truly heartbroken. <sighs> On how they've sapped the joy and beauty out of life and robbed us of our freedom. And people won't fight back. And me, I'm, I consider myself a warrior for the Prince of Peace. I will fight for peace, but I won't die for war. Well, God bless you, Gerald. God bless you and everyone listening. It's up to us. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority. Keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men, said Samuel Adams. And now is the time for us to fight for our freedom. Because if we don't, as a trend forecaster... I see us dying for war. Gerald, I think, uh, I'm sorry to say you're right. Um, and if we don't fight for our freedom, it's a tiny minority right now that's fighting, but it is fighting. It could be larger. Uh, we haven't lost yet, in a permanent sense anyway, even though we've lost a, lot, a huge amount in the interim. But all is not lost. Uh, there's still God on our side. Yes. And um, we just, you know, we just have to do our best. Try our best, and uh, thank you for all you do, and um, thank for, thank you for all you do for the Prince of Peace. Yeah, we're all in this together, you know, and it's uh, it's it, it. We can change it. You know, we're there for the better good, and as long as as long as we stay on that path, we will win. And it's happening. I'm not. I'm. I'm far from giving up. I'm. You know, the fight's just begun. You know, game's <laughs> over. You know, just to make it. I mean, if you see me on YouTube and all the other places, you know, I'm calling them all out. And I say, if you want, if you want to tell me to come to wear a mask and you want to give me orders, Governor, come over here and do it man to man to me. Leave your little rough boys behind you, and then you come and give me orders and see how far you get. So. As I said, fight's on. Game's over. Gerald, you're a great man, and, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, for all you do, uh, for all you've done all your life, you're a leader, and um, you're exactly the kind of person we need to, to be a leader in American society. There are other people who are leaders, too, and this is, this is our job. Well, and the other thing, too, I mentioned all of these protests going on around the world before this happened. There were no leaders. The leader is you. Everybody is your own leader. And my suggestion to everybody is to get in the best shape you can spiritually, emotionally, and physically, and, and get ready to fight. 
It's up to us together, and we all lead together. Gerald, magnificent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for the example you set, and uh, keep on doing it, please. And thank you, and thank you for all that you do and all the years you've done it. And you've taught me a lot, so thank you so much. Thank you, Gerald. Bye-bye, sir. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to The Lou Rockwell Show today. Take a look at all the podcasts. There have been hundreds of them. There's a link on the LRC front page. Thank you. Thank you.